Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Okay, let's do it. Inside the 8 o'clock hour on the fan. Joining me right now, a friend of mine. She's a Yankee fan. Before you people start calling up about her being a Baltimore Ravens fan, the prop queen, Ariel Epstein. What's up, Ariel? Hey, it's so good to talk to you. I feel like I never get to talk to you until baseball season. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just jealous of you during football season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I know the New York fans definitely hate me. And no, I am not a bandwagon fan. Just a long story short. My grandpa on my mom's side grew up in the Bronx, so he had Yankee season tickets, but he does not like football. On my dad's side, he's an Orioles and a Ravens fan because he grew up in Baltimore. And yes, he was a Baltimore Colts fan, so you have to feel for the guy who his team picked up in the middle of the night when he was in college and left. So he became a Ravens fan when they became a team in the 90s. And how did you not fall in love with the 2000 Super Bowl team that, no offense, Giants fan, <laughs> beat the Giants? So, yes, I became a Ravens fan. I'm sorry. Hey, it's all good. I'm always on here telling people, let people enjoy things. Let people be fans of who they want to be fans of. Now more than ever, you could be a fan of any team across the country. Follow the team. Follow every player on the team. Follow every reporter that covers the team. Watch every game on a streaming platform. Like You, you don't have to miss a beat. In uh, 2023, 2024, following a team that you don't necessarily live by. And honestly, Baltimore's not that far from here anyway. It's not far. And it's true. I, I, was, I posted about this on Saturday because I unfortunately was in a wedding this weekend. It was a really tough thing to have to be a bridesmaid while you are supposed to be watching the Ravens game in the divisional playoff round. I was saying it that, you know, if this was a Giants or a Jets, I'm in New York. It's where I grew up and I live. My family, friends, all these friends at the wedding are Giants and Jets fans. So at least if I was a Giants or Jets fan at the wedding, everyone else would be in the same shoes as me. Because I'm a Ravens fan, not one person at this wedding in New York cared. So I was <laughs> the only one that looked selfish. Nobody was betting on the game. There weren't, there weren't some gambling addicts. There weren't some degenerates in the corner with their iPhones out. There were definitely a few degenerates, but they don't, you know, there's a difference between caring about your best and caring about the outcome of a game. When you care about a team, you don't care if you win or lose bets at that point, because in the end, if your team wins, you're like, okay, I'd rather them win the divisional round of the playoffs than me win my bets. But the problem is when like, no, okay, I'll do this. I'm if the Ravens go to the Super Bowl, I have to go. I didn't go to new Orleans. It was the biggest regret I had because I was in college at Penn State. 
I decided to go to a friend's apartment instead of go to the Super Bowl because obviously I couldn't afford it. I was a poor college kid. And the Ravens won. I'm crying on the couch. These people were like, all right, so where are we going out tonight? <laughs> oh, Ariel, why do you – you're crying? I was like, what? Get Ariel, me out of here. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's not a big deal. Okay. <laughs> no, you got to go to Vegas. I mean, you being the prop queen, you, you're, you're the one that knows – what's going to hit and what's going down. People are coming to you for your expertise. I know you were probably sweating the first half of that game as a fan, but were you sweating any bets? Did you have any bets on that game? Yeah, I actually did have a great weekend. I went 4-0 on my props I gave out, so it was really good. Um, for the Ravens game, I went 2-0. I had Lamar Jackson anytime touchdown, and I also had C.J. Stroud under on passing yards, which Stroud was scaring me for a little bit because he looked decent in the first quarter, especially – with a few breakaways from Nico Collins. The second half, the Ravens' defense locked him down. I was thinking there was a chance the Ravens' defense could have been a little rusty coming out of the gate because of coming off the bye. Um, Lamar Jackson scoring the touchdown I loved because if you looked at the Texans' games against any kind of mobile quarterback like Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray, not only did both those quarterbacks run for over 40 yards against Houston this year, but they both scored rushing touchdowns. Lamar was minus 105 because he hasn't scored a rushing touchdown since playing the Lions on October 22nd. So I was excited to say, okay, good value here. I'm only minus 105. For a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, who he knew he had to win that game to get that little bit of, like, you know, that third off the resume that yep. he can't win a playoff game. Yeah, had to continue silencing his critics. I wish I played Lamar Jackson two touchdowns parlayed with – Josh Allen, two touchdowns, and Christian McCaffrey, two touchdowns. Two obvious or three obvious rushing touchdown guys that you knew in the playoffs. They're just going to take it themselves, power their way into the end zone. But instead, we've got Nelson Aguilar and Craig Reynolds and Steven Sims scoring. Uh, here's a question for you so I can stop talking about my own gambling issues. How do you deal with the Internet hater? We all have Internet haters, but how do you deal with the Internet people that are tailing your bets that are taking your expertise and then come back and they say like you went four for four this weekend that's a good weekend but what happens when you go oh for four your mentions and your comments on instagram got to be flooded with just absolute jerk offs i definitely will get some people that only like to point out the losses i have had people fake my record which is the pe those are the people <laughs> that annoy me the most this there was this guy that he not only did he fake my record, which was completely inaccurate because how does someone go, let's say, like 10-0 in a week and the second week of the year my record's like 1-50? It doesn't make any Ariel sense. Ariel Epstein, she's 24 for 58 on the year. Yeah, 24 <laughs> for 58. But meanwhile, I went like 58-5. and five, You know, No, I'm just kidding. That's obviously not the truth. But the point being that they would tell me that I had – less wins than I had after going 10 and 0 they'd be like yeah but this month you were 2 and 20 I'm like how's that possible I went 10 and 0 at the first week of the month so anyway those kinds of people that fake any of my records I get annoyed there's this one guy who does it over and over and I keep blocking him because it's just like defamation at this point and he keeps creating a new Twitter and the only reason I know it's him is because he calls me a bimbo every time he posts. <laughs> so like, dude, at least try to change up the words and not, not keep using a keyword bimbo so I know that it's your new fake Twitter account. Dead giveaway. We're on the phone right now with Ariel Epstein. She's the prop queen. If you gamble, if you watch 
uh, NBA TV, MOB Network. If you keep up with FanDuel, you've probably seen her. A friend of mine, we were on MOB Network a couple times uh, last year, and I think even the year before. And yeah. uh, really, we're just Yankee fans. And uh, I got to run into you at Yankee Stadium. We're we're Billy's people, and I, I think we're also Delta Suite people, so I, I know where to find you. Let, let's shift gears a little bit and talk football. So I opened up the show saying I, I've just got football fatigue. You obviously don't because your team is very much in it. Your team could be playing um, in the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. But for the rest of us, I'm a Cowboys fan. There's some Dolphins fans upset this week, Packers fans here in New York. The Jets and the Giants fans, it's it's a long offseason, and uh, we're ready for pitchers and catchers. So how do you think the Yankees are going to do this year with the additions that Brian Cashman has made and all the the pressure from going 82-80 and 80 last year? Well, it can't really get much worse than last year, Keith, let's be honest. However, this current roster is ALDS at best. The way the Yankees become an ALCS World Series contender is adding one more starter. I would love if they get Blake Snell. I know they're getting him at the top of the game. I can't trust Carlos Rodon as the lefty out of uh, as the lefty starter. I did like the Marcus Stroman addition. I think he plays with a lot of fire. I like that he's passionate. Does he have to be careful on social media? Yeah, he's dealt with New York before. I like Stroman as a solid three starter. He has a solid three ERA every year. He's durable, knock wood for the most part. The Yankees have to keep their bullpen strong. So whether it's getting another long reliever or whether it's getting a number two starter, the Yankees need some kind of help pitching-wise to keep them an ALCS or a World Series contender. My feeling on what Brian Cashman's doing for the Yankees, he obviously got the bat they needed. We like Juan Soto, slam dunk, awesome, best thing that Cashman's done probably in the last five years. However, for the pitching side, I bet you Cashman is waiting to see, are we going to get the best of Stroman, the best of Rodon? If those two start the year off strong, Cashman's going to sit there probably at a bullpen arm and leave it. If one of those two struggles a lot, as if Rodon still isn't back to what he was, then you'll see the Yankees go at the trade deadline for a solid number two. I believe that. So what you're saying is we want to lose a little bit. We want those guys to struggle a little bit just to put the pressure on Cashman. Like, hey, you haven't done enough. Pick up the phones. Go get another arm. Don't rest on your laurels. I feel like I say that about Cashman every week. He's always resting on his laurels. I don't even know what laurels are. But I say that with Cashman a lot. Like, this guy's just chilling on what he's done and his resume and not really, like, you know, here's a perfect example, and this is a parallel to make. Again, we're on the phone with Ariel Epstein. You might have seen her on SNY. I know you also do uh, Baseball Night in New York. So, like, with the teams that have gotten to this Final Four, I'm, I keep saying success is not a coincidence. They go for it. They have the right GM, head coach. They draft quarterbacks. They draft the right players, they don't miss. They, you know, they just fill out the teams and they make trades. They go like, look at the Ravens. They trade for Roquan Smith. Look at the Niners. They made a bunch of. They traded for Chase Young and Randy Gregory. You know, they're just they're never satisfied. So I feel like the Yankees have to get back to not being satisfied. It's been 15 years, so go for it, right? You have two chances to improve your team in the winter and at the trade deadline. You better be going for it at both of those. And so far this winter. I see the right kind of energy and urgency. I hope for the same throughout the season when, quote-unquote, this is Cashman's quote, uh, we can improve our team until pencils down on July 31st. Correct. And I feel the same way as you, Keith. 
sometimes it just feels the Yankees aren't being aggressive and they're not being proactive. They're being reactive. And don't get me wrong, a Rodon move, I get it. He was coming off a good season. You know that you're getting Rodon. Either he's going to throw nearly a no-hitter or it's going to be seven runs allowed in three innings. You knew that getting him. (laughs) However, it still doesn't mean that you can't go out and get someone to help Garrett Cole. Nestor Cortez is in a number two. Strom is on a number two. Rodon's on a number two. No one else that they have as a possible five guy is a number two. And the Yankees won the World Series in 2009 because they went out and got A.J. Burnett and C.C. Sabathia. You had C.C. and A.J., one-two punch. C.C. destroyed in game one of the World Series. And who saved the day? Mr. Wildman himself, the man we couldn't trust all season. A.J. Burnett saved the day because he is at least a number two pitcher. And that's what the Yankees are missing right now. So as long as, again, look at the Astros last year. They had a great lineup, but they won a World Series because they had the best pitching we may have ever seen in a World Series. Nonetheless, I mean, a playoff run. They had a sub-2 ERA as a team. So, yeah, the Yankees are going to need pitching. And I do feel Cashman feels the heat. And, Keith, you know this just as well as I do. The Yankees are a very loyal organization. They, I worked for them. They are so loyal, and and that's why I loved working for them, because you could tell from the top that that organization cares so much about the people in it. That's what makes the Yankees great. However, it doesn't always mean that you win, and that was kind of what George Steinbrenner was really good at. Like, hey, I could be loyal to you, but you better do what I ask you to do. (laughs) Just setting a standard. There's an expectation here, and if – you don't meet it, you're out. All right, so I got to ask you these last questions. Not even questions, but uh, I won't have you on before we go into championship weekend. So we've got the Kansas City Chiefs going to Baltimore, which, you know what? I was underestimating how loud uh, the Baltimore Ravens fans were in that stadium. A lot of people underestimate M&T Bank. Yeah. I'm telling you, I've yeah. told people this for so long. They, they booed them. The underrated. They booed them right off the field at half. <laughs> <laughs> it is the most underrated stadium in sports. I have said this for years. I took, so when I used to work at Yahoo Sportsbook, we were sponsored by BetMGM. They, they invited me, BetMGM, to their suite at the Ravens game. And it was a lot of the MGM employees' first time going. It was Ravens, Bengals, in Baltimore, prime time. I think it was Thursday night football. And the Ravens beat the Bengals. But every MGM employee looks at me and goes, you weren't kidding. Like, I thought you were being a biased homer. You are not. This place is loud. And I'm like, I'm like, like I was at a Giants game. And I couldn't believe that, like, when the Ravens-Giants played, Giants fans didn't really stand up and, like, cheer, like, for the first quarter. Um, but it's at M&T Bank. And when they've like, been beaten down. They don't like, have yeah, like, they're just so... That, like at MNT Bank, like they, those fans don't sit. I never, I've never sat in a playoff game in my life. Yeah, you got to stand because the person in front of you is standing. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Kansas City Chiefs. I'm gonna give you some time to think about either you know one prop bet or the overall line as I set this up. So Kansas City Chiefs at Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are a minus three and a half favorite. The over under is forty four and a half, and then. We've got the Detroit Lions, the Cinderella story, going out to Santa Clara to face the San Francisco 49ers, who did not impress me in their first win. Uh, They're still seven-point favorites against the Lions. That over-under is set at 50.5. They're expecting points. What are you expecting to happen? Anything uh, that you, you know, on Monday, I guess, you know, wrote down and said this is what I'm looking at for 
championship weekend or maybe you didn't get there i don't know you might be recovering from the wedding or like me recovering from drinking 100 beers through the uh divisional round yeah the wedding was last night it was a long day however uh the one play that stands out the most the lions at plus seven is just such a disrespectful number what people don't realize about the lions defense is it's gotten healthier cj gardner johnson was it was added to the secondary and he's a great defensive back he missed a large chunk of the middle of the season for the lions he made some huge plays this weekend. Mm-hmm. So C.J. Gardner-Johnson being back in that secondary is really big facing an offense like San Fran who may be without their number one weapon. Well, maybe number two because, I mean, you've got McCaffrey. So number two, but number one wide receiver in Debo Samuel. You could just tell that the Niners offense was off its game because now not only do you not have two potential running backs because Debo is so hybrid – you lose your number one wide receiver, which now creates Brandon Ayuk to be your number one receiver. He's not a number one receiver. Ayuk doesn't do well in, when, he's, when he's being covered by two, three guys. Mm-hmm. So you really need Debo to be more of the distraction so that you can open up Brandon Ayuk. And I just don't see the San Francisco 49ers offense working well without Debo in it. So now you're getting a healthier Detroit defense with a defensive-minded coach Catching seven points in San Francisco, I'll take the seven. Okay, yeah, I think Debo's going to play. They said he's 50-50 now, but, man, they've got so many different I'm things. Sure he plays. To... It's one of the, it could be the last game of the year. But yeah, so he's going to play. play. But are you okay? Yeah, he might not be as effective, but I think he's got a little added motivation. Uh, him and C.J. Gardner-Johnson had a beef in the beginning of the season. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson got on his Instagram live, called Debo out, said he's a running back. He's not really that good of a receiver, some other personal shots he took at him. So I think Debo is going to be motivated to play in that one, and they need him. Obviously, Brock Purdy's not the same guy without Debo. And, uh, man, I I think that they're primed for an upset. I I really hope that the Detroit Lions Cinderella story continues, and I'm hoping for the uh, Taylor Swift story to end. I I just can't. They've added Jason Kelsey to the mix. So now we've got Jason Kelsey, Donna Kelsey, Taylor Swift, Brittany Mahomes, Jackson Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes Sr. It's like this whole family affair in their suite. We got to check up with them um, after every series. They're going to be hyped up all week. They'll probably be doing interviews on Good Morning America and all this other nonsense that has nothing to do with football. Respect to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and all of that. But come on, Lamar. You're our only yeah, hope. The, Save us. The thing that Baltimore radio, a friend of mine, Jerry Coleman, who works down there in radio, he tweeted, it's the guys on one team who have done every advertisement and prom- and promo and commercial and yeah. everything Travis versus Kelsey. Lamar, who has had every opportunity to do that, and all he wants to do is win. Lamar doesn't do any of that stuff. You don't see him on commercials. You don't see him advertising, promoting stuff. Lamar just keeps his head down and, he signed that deal. He got his money. He's protected, which is what he was worried about last year when he was hurt. Lamar now has his back. Now he wants the championship. Bring it to the organization that continued to sign him and approach him while yep. other organizations were like, nah, we're good. So he's got a lot to prove, Lamar. And now he has the opportunity to do what a lot of people said he couldn't, which was a couple of years ago proved he could beat Patrick Mahomes in a game, which, remember, everyone said that that was his biggest knock at the time. He couldn't beat Mahomes. But that was the other difference, too, Keith. Up until 2022 or 2021, when I was actually at that game as my birthday weekend, where the Ravens beat the Chiefs, 
that was the first time Lamar got Mahomes in Baltimore. All those games before, Lamar had Mahomes in Arrowhead. So you get you get oh and you could double check me because I know everyone's going to say no 2020 but there were no fans in the stands so it was the first time that Lamar got Mahomes at M&T Bank Stadium with a full house he's going to get that now with Mahomes second playoff road game in his career in a place like M&T Bank Stadium that gets very very loud remember it was the first time Mahomes had to use a silent count was because he could not hear his he could not hear his offensive play calls when he was at M&T Bank in 2021. I mean, Ariel Epstein, you could host a show. You know a lot of stuff about football, baseball, and even the gambling aspect. Thank you for joining us tonight. You were great. Thanks so much, Keith. And uh, go Yankees. We've got pitchers and catchers soon. Yeah, less than a month. I am going through the motions until I head to spring training. This football stuff to me is just like, it's the same. It's just more of the same. I know, because you're wearing Yankees. You wear Yankee shirts to work, and it's like December. <laughs> yeah, well, I had to push all my Cowboys gear to the back of the closet as hard as I could. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I feel terrible for you guys. You're jinxed. Yeah, have fun with the Ravens winning. Seriously, they need to win two more games. Thanks so much, Keith. I appreciate you. All right, Ariel. Talk to you soon. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And it takes a knee and the New York Giants are the Super Bowl 42 champions. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. They When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep rolling, man. Keith McPherson on the Fan KM, the AM, a five-hour sports talk show with you and me, with me, and you and a couple guests coming up at 9 Mike Florio, thanks to Ariel Epstein for just joining us. Uh, we're pretty much talking football, even though I'm like, I'm just over it at this point. Hang on. <laughs> we wait so long for the NFL season. There's so much hype that goes into every NFL season, and the regular season is full with parlays and fantasy teams and going to games and tailgates and conversations on the fan all week about what was going to happen and what didn't happen and what should have happened. And then we get to the playoffs, and I just find that it's the same marquee brands, franchises, teams, head coaches, quarterbacks, same logos. Right back in it. This Final Four was pretty easy to call. I enjoy the fact that uh, the Lions came out of nowhere, but they really didn't if you're paying attention to the NFL. They're the Cinderella story, but they've been building towards this over the last three years. So I hope that they can 
knock off the Niners and get to the Super Bowl so we could see a different team in the Super Bowl. Also, something that occurred to me, I don't know if I've ever stated this as a Dallas fan on the fan, right? And I don't know if other fans feel like this too, but I think you should. The Cowboys have five Super Bowls. The 49ers have five Super Bowls. You shouldn't be rooting for them to get to six before the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I grew up with a lot of Cowboys fans, but also kids my age were 49ers fans from the Steve Young, Jerry Rice era. So as much as they've had success, they've come up short. And I'm hoping that they come up short again with that short quarterback, Brock Purdy, straight out of high school musical. And then on the other side, you have the actual MVP who, until they faced off Brock Purdy and Lamar Jackson, people were saying that Brock Purdy was going to be the MVP. Lamar and the Ravens absolutely whooped on them. And then everybody said, nope, it's Lamar's to win. And they're going to face last year's MVP, who's already got a couple Super Bowls and is already in Cannes. You know, I turned on BT and Sal today, and the debate was, <laughs> is Mahomes the greatest of all time? And, man, all types of quarterback names came out today from, obviously, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, but I heard Ken Stabler and Joe Montana. And, yeah, Mahomes is a GOAT already. He's a baby GOAT. He's got a long way to go. But here we go again. He's right back in the AFC championship. That's all he does. He doesn't know playing an NFL season and not getting to the final four. Let's go, Lamar. Put us out of our misery. We cannot do two weeks of Super Bowl prep, two weeks of Kansas City Super Bowl coverage where we're going to see the same nonsense around the Chiefs that we've seen now this whole season. 877 337-6666. I mean, if you want to talk about uh, Steve Spagnola and uh, you know Andy Reid, and if you want to talk about Isaiah Pacheco and Trent McDuffie, yeah. But with the Chiefs, it brings in all that outside extra nonsense. That has nothing to do with football. Mikey's in Queens. What's up, Mikey? You're on the fan. What up, Keith? Long time no talk. Hope everything's well with you. Yes, sir. Hope um, you as well. Thank you, bro. Um, so what I real quick before I get to my point about the Chiefs defense, I just want to say I was scrolling on my Instagram and and Twitter and um, I came across the the whole controversy about the Super Bowl and how it was predicted with the colors in the past three years. I know this is like old and everything, but I wanted your take on it. Like, so the past three years, the Super Bowl has been predicted by the colors in the logo for the Super Bowl, right? And this year. Ironically, it was purple, and it is purple and uh, red, I believe. Yep. Right? Yep, so, so they um, think it's Ravens-Niners. Yeah, exactly. Which, by the way, I want to just back up your point. I absolutely, you know, I'm a Cowboy fan. I absolutely hate the Niners. I don't know how any Cowboy fan would ever like the Niners. That's yeah, nah. crazy. I mean, I wanted to see them for the third time in a row, but they, you know, the, the Cowboys didn't handle business. But, yeah, if it is Ravens-Niners, then the conspiracy theory continues on for another year let's go lions lions knock them off why can't the lions go out there and beat them i think they can they absolutely can they absolutely can i mean that's who i'm rooting for 100 percent. they are cinderella story and like I, I would love to see the lions like i mean i was arguing with a lot of people about jared goff or Zach, but i i would love to see the lions like i think uh, i mean i hate the niners so i don't really have a choice but i would love to see the lions in the in the championship for sure yeah, Dak is a better statistical quarterback than Jared Goff, but Goff is not that far behind him when you look at the numbers. And now yeah. he's got back-to-back -back playoff wins with a ton of pressure. 
right? That yep. that that Detroit Michigan fan base that's starving. He's given them two starving. playoff wins and a trip to the NFC Championship. And uh, there was a lot of people that didn't know whether he was the guy or not. Obviously, getting traded over there from the Rams, they're like, I don't know if we even want this guy. And now he's he's the king. Dak has Dak is going to be um, called out by C.D. Lamb's mom. Called out yeah. by you know uh, other players Stop on the it. team's family members and I know. Uh, members of the you know Dallas uh, beat writers and radio broadcast. They're going to call him out because what else can they? Yeah. There's no there's no 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 defense for the guy because he's come up short yep. in the playoffs so many times. So yeah, it's, it's it, crazy, it is what dude. it is. I, I don't even want to get into that, bro. It's just going to make me sick. But um, anyways. So I wanted your take. You, I mean, you kind of touched on it before you took my call, but I wanted your take on, like, how do you think the Ravens' offense is going to stand up against the the Chiefs' defense? I mean, the Chiefs' defense, I believe, was, like, ranked, I They're think, good. like, second. Yeah, they were ranked, like, second in the NFL. I know they were ranked second in in sacks and, and, and like, fourth against the pass or, and, like, I think second in yards per game, Spags. I'm pretty sure. Steve Spagnuolo yeah. is a is a G man. He's he's 60, he definitely is. He might as well be a head coach running that defense. He's sixty four years old. Giants fans know he's a G. He's like that. Like he can look at Josh nah, Allen about, and Joe Brady and this offense and figure out what to do to stop them. Now the the thing is, this is actually going to be mono e mono. It's going to be Mahomes versus Lamar versus because Lamar, both yeah. of those defenses are so good. It's going to yeah, be they really are. It's going to be who breaks. You know, I just heard uh, Gilly the Kid say this. He said, you know, the thing about a play is it doesn't care who makes it. Who makes the plays, right? Is Lamar yeah. going to make the plays with his legs, extend plays and make throws? Is Patrick Mahomes going to make plays with his legs, have a miraculous sidearm thrower, throw where he's under I duress? Mean, like, that's that's going to be what changes this game, what's, what's going to decide this game. I, absolutely. But, I mean, I believe that both of them could – could do that. It's, I think it's going to come down to the defenses in this game. Like they say, you know, offense wins games, defense wins championships. And these are two elite defenses. Like, and I, I wanted to talk about real quick or, or point out that, like, did you know that Lejarius Need didn't give up a touchdown the entire regular season? Yeah. He that, did not give up a that touchdown. That video of him <laughs> jamming Tyreek Hill at the line, yeah. he put clamps on him. He's just, he's like put that. Put clamps on him. Trent, Dude, Trent that's, McDuffie, that's who I mentioned. Like, that's another yeah, thing about this, this this defense. This is their second year. The, we're looking at a Super Bowl-winning defense that has more confidence yep. this year. Um, it, it's really going to come down to the quarterbacks making the plays. And the, the last thing I wanted to add, special teams. Special teams has played a factor in all of these games, Every whether it's punt returns, game. whether it's missing yep. kicks, um, special team, covering punts, covering kicks. Special teams has been important. In these playoffs, nah, they for sure have. I mean, that's when they—that's how they talk about. You got to win in all four phases, right? Like, like you really, you really do. Like it, it every it comes down to absolutely everything. Offense, defense, special teams. What's the fourth one? Fans. uh, No, I'm sorry. In all three phases, I'm sorry. I said four. Sorry, all four phases. Yeah, you. All three phases. I'm sorry. No, you good. You good. Yeah, the fans. Um, The fans got to bring it too. On the road, yeah, at home. Hey, we talk. We talk about the the crowd noise and how it affects everybody. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah, not you know? for nothing. I had in my notes that eight out of nine home teams had won. I think R.J. Ochoa wrote that, who covers the Dallas Cowboys. So I misspoke in my open because the Cowboys were the only home team 
to that lose loss. until the Bills yeah. lost. Until but last like, night, yeah. You know what I felt like in the Dallas game? The fans turned on the team fast. And oh, you they can, absolutely did. <laughs> you can hear they that. They absolutely did. You can we hear that. We all turned on them. Let's be yeah. real, dude. No, yeah. We all turned on them. I was in Jersey After... City, turned on them. I took, took my jersey off. Like, yeah, I'm good. I was done at half. Oh, my God. I was sick. I, I was sick, dude. Like, I literally <laughs> I had to turn off the game like six times. I mean, I kept on turning so it in, back in, on. In, in the but stadium? But I literally turned off the game probably six times. When... I just went back to it. When you have uh, when you have back to back touchdown drives and interceptions and the fans oh. start to oh, yo here we go again oh, frauds they're choking the players feel that know. they hear they hear that they feel that and then the walls start closing in on them and that's what happened to Dallas they weren't strong enough to fight back the 49ers were strong enough to fight back they even I had Ariel Epstein on who is a Ravens fan and I think yeah, we I mean, all heard at halftime when the Ravens were going into the locker room, they weren't losing. It was 10-10, but their fans booed them off the field. They went yep. into that locker room, got right, came out, and blew them out the rest of the way. They really did. I mean, I feel like C.D. Lamb and Dak must have, like, heard what they were saying about them, how they were off script and, like, off on the on, not on the same page because, I mean, I don't know what the hell happened to them, too. Yeah, like, it was right away. It was so noticeable. C.D. Lamb's body so language. Noticeable. Um, and the timing with him and Dak, they were just off. And Dak obviously was trying to appease and forcing him the ball, and that's how you get picked off. And they, they tried to go yeah. away from from uh, CeeDee Lamb, and that's how you saw Michael Gallup get off in that game, and he hadn't been playing well. And even Jake Ferguson with three touchdowns in that game, where'd that come three from? Three touchdowns. Yeah, because CeeDee Lamb. Buddy, I, took the, I took him as any time touchdown. That was great. But um, what, what I want to say, just like we spoke about this earlier in the season, like, we knew it was going to come down to Dak and Dak not doing Dak things. And, of course, he does Dak things in that game. But, like, what do you think about him getting the bag this offseason? Like, do you think he deserves it after playing so well the regular season and obviously choking in the playoffs? What do you think he, should happen in, in regards to he that? He doesn't deserve it. But he has the leverage, and this is yeah. Jerry Jones's fault. I've heard, I've, I've said this on the radio. I don't know if you've heard this. When you draft a quarterback yeah, sure. in the fourth round, you have all yeah. the leverage. And what yep. Jerry Jones did was franchise tag him twice because they never believed in him from when they yeah, drafted yeah. him. Even when they started him over Romo, that was just because Romo was a turnover machine that they didn't believe mm-hmm. in coming out of eastern Washington or Eastern Illinois undrafted. So with Dak, man, they completely fumbled the bag, and now he has Definitely. all the leverage where they they have to give him an extension. Minimum. Yeah, and they have to pay him like one of the best quarterbacks in the league based off the yep. numbers that he put up this year in the regular season. And I know that's going to pain Jerry Jones because he's watched this quarterback fail so much in the postseason, in the playoffs, but you got to pay the man. And you could have locked the guy up for 10, 15 years as a fourth-round pick and paid him nothing. No, you have to pay him. I mean, like like you said, he has all of the leverage. He has all the leverage. And he did perform great in the regular season. But, I mean, this is, what, eighth year now? Like, Yep, longest-tenured quarterback as far as being with his team the longest. And uh, Mike McCarthy in his first year calling plays. Mike McCarthy will be back but on a prove-it year. And I don't even think it's a prove-it year. I think it's a... It's a lame duck year. It's a either you win the Super Bowl or you're out. Or right? buck. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You win you win the he Super Bowl or you're out. The Super Bowl or he's not gonna have a job. Yeah, I mean that's, that's a giving. That's yeah. an absolute giving. You know that that like everybody knows that's what's gonna happen. Especially with Jerry, you know, being eighty one and whatnot. If he does not win the Super Bowl this year, he is gone. That I I mean I put my my 
kids up on that. Like he was gone. He's gone. Yeah, he should have been gone this year. Thanks for the call, he, Mikey. But you can't you can't fire a guy in that current situation and and pivot to Bill Belichick or whatever because there's there's too many things connected to him. Your quarterback had his best year under his offense, calling the plays. Your leading wide receiver, your number one wide receiver, had his best year like that. Dan Quinn, don't be surprised if Dan Quinn is still the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys because all of a sudden he is not the top candidate for any coaching job. And he had a a few interviews, but who would hire him over some of the other names available? I'm over the NFL. I cannot wait until pitchers and catchers. Keep McPherson on the fan. The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Okay, quickly here. Cam to Am, Keith McPherson on the fan. Mike Florio coming up next from Pro Football Talk when we get to the 9 o'clock hour. I'm mixing in some other sports. I mean, I got stuck on NFL Network. I was re-watching Chiefs Bills, and Paulie's like, you're watching the Devils game? I'm like, oh, yeah, I was. But then I got stuck on that as there's, you know, news coming in about hirings and uh, rumors. I just was speaking on Dan Quinn. He's getting a second interview with the Seahawks. I see the Eagles are interested in Ron Rivera or Wink Martindale as their defensive coordinator. Another rumor that I saw looking at the NFL Network and uh, NFL headlines. There was some talk last week about Cliff Kingsbury possibly being the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. And that's not going down. Um, The Chicago Bears hired former Seahawks offensive coordinator. Now I'm blanking on his name. As their, I'll get his name, as their new offensive coordinator. Cliff Kingsbury is rumored to be the OC with the Las Vegas Raiders now. So as this is all shuffling around, Shane Waldron is the name I was looking for. Yeah, Chicago Bears hire Shane Waldron as offensive coordinator, and there was a lot of people seeing Cliff Kingsbury and trying to connect the dots between him and Caleb Williams and the Chicago Bears potentially drafting Caleb Williams. I still think there's a chance that they don't and that they trade back. But whatever, let's mix in some other uh, sports and some other scores. So looking at the NBA, and uh, we'll definitely get to the point where we talk about uh, the Brooklyn Nets out in L.A. And Friday night, great win. Great to go home and, and watch them get a win against LeBron and uh, Cam Thomas star against the Lakers. But then they come out two days later last night against the Clippers and they look like they have another win, back-to-back wins in the Staples Center, Crypto.com Arena. And they completely pissed that game away. I think the Clippers went on like a 22-0 run to come back and win that game. Silly rabbits. But, yeah, in the NBA tonight, Paulie just tipped me off that uh, Spike Eskin's favorite player in the league, Joel Embiid, is doing his thing. He's got 54 points. They're still in the third quarter. They'll probably sit him for the fourth quarter. So got my eyes on some of the NBA action as I do have to come up with my Casamigos big shot of the night in the 11 o'clock hour. Maybe there'll be somebody over there at the Rock Prudential Center that comes back and wins it for the Devils. Just got to tie it and then win it as the Devils head to the third period, down one to the Vegas Knights. And uh, I know that the... uh, 
Rangers were just out there. And I think the Vegas Knights head to Long Island to face the Islanders tomorrow. Tomorrow or the, yeah, tomorrow, the 23rd. All right, 877-337. No, don't call. I keep doing that, but I have a guess. And I don't want you to call and then be on hold. And then you'll be on hold and hang up because you got to sit through an interview. We're getting there. So Mike Florio is coming up next. I want to ask him about the whole championship weekend. But, of course, we'll reflect on the weekend that was. You know, some more things just coming off of the weekend, you know, television ratings. Like, like I just, I don't know. I have a hard time thinking that with everyone everyone watching and all the money and eyes on this stuff that the NFL is not going to get what they want. Like, there is no luck. There is no chance. And I think I saw, like, the um, the early figures were around 32 million viewers for the Texans-Ravens game. That's ESPN's most watched NFL game on record. And you got to think how they split these games up between ESPN and Fox and NBC. And, like, everybody's getting a piece. CBS, everybody's getting a piece of the pie. The NFL is such a well-run machine, beast of a machine. They're not letting stuff just come uh, up to chance. They're not going to. It's not a crapshoot. You know, it's not a crapshoot at all, really. And we talk so much about the crapshoot in Major League Baseball. And I love baseball because of the parity. There's no one that could have told you that it would be Texas versus uh, Arizona. Like, no one had Rangers, Diamondbacks in the World Series before we got there. And no one even had that during the regular season. I think, uh, you know, I know I was on the Rangers. A lot of us might have been on the Rangers. But the Diamondbacks? To get through the National League? To get through the Dodgers? No. To get through the Braves or the Phillies? No, you just you can't see it. But baseball is set up, obviously, the way the sport is set up for there to be that parody. For me in football, I'm just like, here we are, same teams. Same teams figure out how to get back to the AFC Championship, back to the Super Bowl, and it doesn't take them long. And I guess I'm hating on them, but really I'm I'm giving it up to them because they, they've shown us the formula. They've given you the blueprint, but not everybody can follow the blueprint of having a competent GM who hires the right head coach who installs the right program with the right coaches and drafts the right players, specifically the quarterback, which you don't have the quarterback, you don't have anything. And I think the Niners are looking at their quarterback like, hey, this guy was Mr. Irrelevant. You know, we we get to the NFC Championship again with him. Can he get us to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl? I don't know. But we'll watch, and it'll be over soon, and in between we'll be watching the Pro Bowl skills competition. Like, no one even watches that anymore. Flag football and dodgeball and I don't know. All right, let's go get Mike Florio. This will be like the last uh, main conversation of the weekend that was in the divisional round of the NFL. And then we'll open it up to your questions, your takes, your thoughts on the Mets, on the Yankees. Mix some puck in as well and, of course, some NBA. Keith McPherson on the fan. Let's take a break and come right back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 